Ron DeSantis is cracking down on big tech. The Biden press office got caught asking reporters for questions in advance, and mainstream media ratings are plummeting without Trump. We're going to get into all this and more, but before we get into this, please drop the video a like, share this with your friends. It's the only way we grow, and there's going to be random ads playing throughout this content to help fund and support the show. Please bear with me. Let's get into this. Ron DeSantis plans to tackle big tech monopolies. Let's watch. We're going to take aim at those companies and pull back the veil and make sure these guys don't continue to find loopholes and gray areas to live above the law. Uh, under our pro He's referring to big tech when he's saying that. Proposal if a technology company de-platforms a candidate for elected office in Florida during an election, a company will face a daily fine of $100,000 until the candidate's access to the platform is restored. Again, any Floridian can de-platform any candidate they choose. You simply unsubscribe, and it's a right that I believe belongs with the citizen. We're gonna He's 100% right, and obviously there was more that was said, which I can't talk for copyright, but, but let's break it down. DeSantis proposes a daily $100,000 fine and other penalties for big tech firms that de-platform political candidates. Says big tech companies exert monopoly power over the public flow of information, which is 100% true. He was also talking about earlier on, he was saying about how uh, big tech can pretty much just negate anything coming from corporate media or the, or any, anything. They, they, whatever they want, they can just pretend doesn't exist through, through their algorithms and censorship. So Florida Republican on Tuesday took aim at the country's largest technology companies, which he characterized as a group of monopoly communication platforms, which is true. I mean, when I got banned on Twitter, I lost so much communication with people that I know, you know, through just regular DMs or just talking to them. These platforms have changed from neutral powers that provide Americans with freedoms to speak to enforcers of uh, preferred narratives. DeSantis said during a press conference, it was 100% true, imagine if the telephone companies did something like that. DeSantis said during a press conference, consequently, these platforms have played an increasingly divisive role in elections and can negatively impact Americans who dissent from orthodox is favored by big tech cartel. DeSantis targeted tech companies over content moderation, which he equated to political manipulation as he, re he reiterated a belief held by many conservatives that Silicon Valley is biased against viewpoints uh, from the right. Okay. In an effort to keep big tech in Florida's political sphere, DeSantis proposed a number of measures, including a $100,000 daily fine for companies that de-platform political candidates. Additionally, actions taken by companies to effectively promote a candidate will be considered campaign contributions. Now, I have noticed some, com some countries in Europe are doing something similar. And this is going to be something that probably is only going to get done at the state level because we know that the Democrats aren't going to do anything at the federal level. But hey, at least this is progress in the right direction. This is getting something is getting done. DeSantis proposed a measure to enhance users' rights as well, including allowing individuals uh, and the Florida Attorney General to sue companies over violations of individual protections, as well as requiring companies to provide full disclosure of actions taken against individuals for violating policies. The Florida governor took issue with several recent and controversial content moderation policies that have been taken up by the largest social media players. For example, he said social media users who choose to follow President Trump were unable to do so after his account was locked on Facebook and Twitter following the role of inflammatory rhetoric alleged playing incitement deadly riots, you know, capital earlier that month. DeSantis also went after Amazon for effectively forcing free speech app Parler, favored by conservatives and, and Trump supporters, as well as some right-wing extremists, um, offline for the decision not to moderate content related to the 
January 6th siege in a some in the same manner as Facebook and Twitter. You don't like Parler, then don't read it, DeSantis said. <laughs> Let's not have those choices made for us. Or long before, we will have nothing more than someone else's choice imposed upon us by a bunch of monopolies whose core business is to sell advertising. A Facebook spokesperson declined Fox News' request to comment comments. Representatives for YouTube and Twitter have also been contacted for comment on the proposed legislation. They're probably trying to build up what they're going to say. Um, but hey, guess, hey, this is, hey, DeSantis, he's going to be president one day. We know this. He's, he's, he's fighting for us. He actually cares. I mean, it's to be a Republican leader. It's more of just having common sense and then executing on your common sense. That's 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 how you become a great leader. <laughs> in, in in if you're a Republican, if you're a socialist, it's you just overcomplicate everything and you make things worse. Where it's like, oh, what's our problem? Um, big tech monopolies are shutting down free speech. Okay, um, you can't do that. We're gonna give you a fine. And luckily, there's a lot of legal reasons to to why that works. Even constitutional reasons on why that works because they're basically communication platforms i mean the social medias but that's for communication they're they're communication platforms literally the entire world uses social media for communication so if you're gonna de-platform political candidates or politicians then that's that's a that's a big problem there's no reason why this monopoly should have more power than than anything else i mean they had the power to literally shut down the president I mean, in one way, I mean, it, it is kind of cool the fact that, you know, private companies can, I guess, overstep on top of government in a way, you know what I mean? But at the same time, we're, we're not, this is, they're not, they're doing it for political purposes, and that's what makes it dangerous and deadly, is because they have their own political biases, and it's a multi-trillion dollar industry that has Democrat politicians, but it's, it's a whole... There's a, there's a lot. It's a, you know, I mean, that, it, there's, there's a lot to get into, and I'm sure you guys already know. A report comes out. Biden's press office asks journalists to send questions in advance, drawing mixed reactions from reporters. That is right. Um, Jen P Psaki is doing that bad of a job. They actually need to ask the journalist ahead of time. But who knows? She'll probably still end up circling back. Record, uh, reporters recently complained about White House press staff asking for questions ahead of time. Doing so would give the appearance reporters are working with the administration. Some reporters, however, say that giving the press office a heads up is routine practice. So some of them are like, oh, no, it's okay. We, we, we always favor our, our Democrats. And the others are like, well, you know, uh, no, that's too far. So on her first day in on on her first day in office, the White House press secretary Dan, uh, Jen pledged to bring truth and transparency back to the to the briefing room, saying she had deep respect for her role of the free and independent press. But less than two weeks into Joe Biden's administration, reporters are raising concerns about the White House press office staffers trying to get them to give advance notice on which questions they plan to ask in the briefings, the Daily Beast reported. Some raised concerns that asking journalists for their questions ahead of time could give the impression that the media is working in conjunction with the Biden administration, allowing official time to craft good answers. Who, who, could, who could assume that the mainstream media and the Biden administration might be working together? I mean... <laughs> We already know. I mean, they're probably already given some questions, but it, it's it's so bad on how it's like 
<laughs> they ask a really important question. I'm going to circle back with you. It's like, oh, well, what, what color is Biden's toilet? And then she's like, well, this is a good question. I'm going to answer this one. Like, what? This is a joke. Like, that's our government. That It's actually clown world. For years, critics on the right have accused the media of being too left-leaning and not criticizing, critical enough of Democratic administrations. Okay. I mean, they're pretty much going on stuff that we know right now. But listen. She is incompetent at her job, and she's not incompetent because she's a female. She was probably hired because she's a female, which, you know, what happens is when you have affirmative action, you typically get people that are unqualified for the position. Obviously, Trump's White House press secretary was a female, and she was a savage. She literally, she knew the questions the media was going to ask before they even ask it without having to ask them for the questions ahead of time. She would be like, okay, you, and then... The, oh, what, what what did Trump do about this? And then she's like, I'm so glad you asked that. She'll pull out her paper. She'll be like, you reported on this and saying this when this date happened and blah, blah, blah. And then she just had everything prepared, always ready to go, knew exactly what everybody was going to say. She, she was a genius. I'm, I'm going to have to say it. She was a genius. This new girl. Oh, I'm at the circle back. Oh, they, they just keep giving her softball questions and she can't even answer them. Oh, I'm at the circle back. And then whenever they do get... Not even a hardball question. Anything that's like in the middle where it's like a little bit of a tough question. They're always, like we always see with Biden at least, always giving the media an attitude. Oh, come on, man. Oh, oh, oh. Put, put a day. Just try a day in Trump's shoes on how the media grills him. They will not survive. They can't even handle their softball questions. So after one week without Trump at the helm, CNN's primetime ratings stumble. So that is right. Just after one week after Trump left office, mainstream media ratings are plummeting. This is great. The media will hopefully be financially ruined by the time Trump wins 2024. The new mainstream media will be alt media by then. We will be the new mainstream media. Maybe not me exactly, but people like me, we're going to be the new mainstream media after they completely go under. CNN's primetime ratings dropped sharply in the first week without former President Donald Trump at the helm of the country, according to the data from the Nielsen and whatever. The Nielsen rating. The network flourished amid the 2020 election in November, garnering 135% growth uh, in total viewership compared to the same time last year and beating out Fox News and MSNBC in the key 25 to 54 age demographic. Well, honestly, that's, they beat probably beat Fox because everyone turned it off. According to the data, CNN also broke out during election week, specifically winning against competitors with an average of nine, uh, 5.9 million viewers. These ratings, however, may be short-lived for the week of January uh, and first week of President Joe's tenure. CNN saw its primetime ratings drop about 44%. For the total audience compared to the week prior, according to Dana Analyzed. Now, listen, this is why they're trying to promote us as being the T-word. This is why they're trying to promote us as, you know, they, they need the new boogeyman. And they're trying to make us the new boogeyman. During this week, CNN did still lead the competition in the key demographic for 10 p.m. Uh, how, and beat out Fox News from the demographics for 9 p.m. The data shows. However, the numbers of key demographics declined sharply. With Cuomo primetime seeing its audience fall by more than half, according to Variety. Fox News Topic Carlson Tonight was one of the was the one program that saw a slight increase in the demographic according to the data. Um, variety, variety 
intelligence platform analyzed viewership data using key demographics and total audience members, according to the report. While rivals like Fox News saw a slight dip as well, it was not nearly as significant as CNN's. CNN sharp plummet for the last week of January backs some media experts believe that a Biden White House could be bad for TV. However, Trump's impeachment trial is slated to begin early February, bringing him back into the spotlight for cable news. So they need him. The, the, the only way, the only way the media will be able to survive is if they, if is if the Democrats can keep bringing Trump in and keep bringing Trump back into the convo. And they're probably they're going to do this sporadically because it's the only way they can get ratings. It's the only way the left can mobilize any voters is Orange Man Bad. Orange Man Bad is the only thing that sells the clicks and sells the attention and sells the engagement to the radical left or just you know brainwashed leftists. Now, now that there's no Trump on TV as much as it used to be, now that there's not as much Trump out there, this is good because it's letting the dust settle and it's letting a lot of the people on the left realize you were lied to by the media. You were lied to by Biden and a lot of them are waking up. You were lied to by all these people. Look how different everything is now. And how politicians are reacting, how the media is reacting, how different everything is now, now that Trump's not in office. Even though the circumstances, the circumstances of this country, the circumstances of what we're dealing with with the, you know, COVID, the circumstances are n- n- unchanged. All of a sudden now, the narrative changes, you know, they'll remove their death counter all of a sudden. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll not blame everything on so-and-sos. All of a sudden... Places are opening up despite hospitals going, you know, over capacity, which, you know, they always are during flu season. You know, it is, people are really waking up now. And this is what needed to happen to wake people up. Because when Trump comes back in 2024, it is going to be the biggest, the, the he, listen, for the next 40, like we're, we're still having like Trump rallies on our own. We don't, he's not even president anymore. And we're still rocking his hat. We're still repping him. We're still supporting him. We're just waiting another four years. Like, let us just, we, we want to vote for you again. We want to vote for you again. And the Trump train is just keeps growing. It's insane how the Trump train has been growing since 2015. And yet somehow he loses. He won, wins that election. Trump train keeps growing. And then he loses the next election against a guy who literally has no movement. Come on. Once there's no more COVID, once there's no more massive mail-in election, once we can cut down on the voter fraud, Trump's going to come in and win a massive landslide like the likes we have never seen ever before. But let's see. Let's see what, let's see what happens. Thank you guys for watching. Um, please go listen to the full episode of the podcast, The Joey Saladino Show, on all the podcast apps. Rate it five stars. If you support the show, please become a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Joey Salads. If you donate, I will give you a call. Download the app America Now News in the App Store. Thank you so much for watching and listening.